Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? Week three of the NFL season will culminate with a matchup of two of the best young quarterbacks in the league, as Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens host Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Before we preview ESPN's Monday Night Football game, we'll look at another team that's off to a great start in 2020. This season, CBS hired analyst Charles Davis from Fox and paired him with play-by-play announcer Ian Eagle. In addition to calling NFL and college football games for Fox and serving as an analyst at NFL Network, Davis has called several Super Bowls on the world feed. His work hasn't gone unnoticed by Sean McManus, the chairman of CBS. CBS Sports and executive producer of the NFL on CBS. Can't tell you how pleased I am to have Charles join our team. I've sat in our control room for years watching him on Fox and has said have said to our people, including Harold Bryan and Dave Burson a number of times, wouldn't it be great to have Charles Davis on our team? Well, Charles is on our team, teaming with um, Ian Eagle. I think it's going to be an amazingly um, entertaining, informative, uh, and fun team to watch. So I couldn't be happier to welcome Charles to our team. Tony Romo, the NFL on CBS lead analyst and some consider the best color broadcaster today, also sings the praises of Davis, who unknowingly served as a mentor as Romo began broadcasting. Charles... You don't know this, but uh, for people out there, when I was studying and trying to figure out broadcasting, um, I actually studied studied Charles Davis. And you're really, really good. I think that, Sean, David, for you guys to bring him in, that's unbelievable. I think he's as talented out there as the top two or three guys by far. I think, Charles, you're really, really good. And you've taught me. I, I try and study other announcers. And when I look at it, Uh, A lot of the stuff I use once in a blue moon without you knowing, I've stolen from you. So good job, big guy. I'm proud proud that you're on our team. The relatable analyst that he is, Davis compares moving from one network to another to a regular guy like you and me changing jobs. I think what goes into changing networks is, I would guess, the same as anyone else. You change job, you get to know the people that are there, you're appreciative of the opportunity, and you go to work. You know, you start to learn everyone that you're going to work with. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet Ian probably 10 years ago. And it's going to sound somewhat trite, but I remember I met him. It was was the Atlanta Green Bay playoff game, I believe, Ian. And you were calling out for radio, I believe, that day. And I got to introduce to you by mutual friend. And and I remember walking away and I told her, I said, God, if I could work with Ian Eagle one day, that'd be pretty cool. And here we are. So it's one of those things that you just never know how it goes. But bottom line is, once I got this opportunity, and it's a tremendous one, now get to know everyone, let them get to know you. We've spent a lot of time on Zoom, um, you know, phone calls, emails, texts, all those things, just trying to get to know each other even better because that's the kind of chemistry that you want to build. A lot goes into changing high-profile network positions, and Eagle explains how the team has gelled. The reality is that Charles and I spoke in April, and it was Charles that that recommended, hey, would you mind jumping on a Zoom call? And Charles, Evan Washburn, and I did a Zoom call for the first time in mid-April, then we did one for the next 16 weeks, not every day, 
I mean, we would get a little sick of each other, but once a week we joined each other on Zoom. So that was our chemistry bootcamp. So we're gonna test the boundaries of Zoom because it does feel as if we know one another. It feels like uh, we know about one another's families and that's really where chemistry forms. Of course, eventually it's gonna form in the broadcast booth. At this point, I could do the game with Charles. He could be a hologram. And I feel confident that we would do the game and, and we would do it well. But it, it's been terrific getting to know him. Davis explains his dad's reaction to the move, which may explain his extra off-season preparation. Bottom line for me, my father's 80, just turned 80 years old, a retired teacher and coach. And he said to me when I got the job, he said, congratulations. He said, aren't you joining Iron Eagles team? I said, yes. He goes, boy, they're really good. And you're the only piece that's going to be different. So if anything goes wrong, we know where that came from. So that just tells you how it is when, when, when the old man lays it down on you and is pretty blunt about the whole thing. But that's it. And, and, and last thing is getting to know your team, you know, with, with Mark Wolf and Bob Fishman, his producer and director, and the rest of the crew. I've, you know, called all of them. Zoomed with all of them individually, just so they can get to know me, and I can get to start. To, so I can start to get to know them, and we'll work it out from there. As we turn to previewing the Chiefs Ravens, Davis says the coronavirus pandemic may have helped focus the defending Super Bowl champions from Kansas City. His analysis gives Romo another opportunity to praise Davis and their boss McManus, who appreciates Romo's affirmation. A lot of times, what happens in the off season is that team has spent the last X number of months getting just absolutely carried around on the shoulders of the city that they're in. They get extra you know, opportunities to do TV, radio, appear in movies, all those things. In a strange way, COVID has kept the Chiefs from having that type of a thing happen. Mm. No one's out doing all those things you would do in a normal championship season. So it'd be interesting to see how that does it help them? I don't know. It, 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 we're going to see. But I just know that in normal situations, trying to keep a championship team together, I'm thinking, Tony, that Dallas team that won it back-to-back, -back, Jim and Ian, it was amazing that they won three out of four, considering like 30 of the guys had radio shows and this was going on, and somehow they pulled it together and won. Most of the time, that type of thing you know, splinters a team. In this case, I don't think Kansas City has to worry about that. That's actually really well said. That's why we hired Charles. Sean, <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. I appreciate it. I have your support. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even ask me, guys. He just did it on his own. And I was like, that's incredible. <laughs> Having covered the Ravens and their week one win over the Browns, Davis discusses how Jackson and Mahomes have a sustainable way of playing the game, and Romo agrees. In between the takes of the analysts, Eagle addresses what it's like to call the explosive Baltimore offense. They're not Brady and Manning yet. Brady and Manning was built over time, right? And, 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 and big games and playing against each other. Well, guess what? We're going to have those guys continuing to play against each other. They've got another date again this year. So we're looking forward to watching all of that. Uh, I'm eager to hear what Ian has to say about it as well. But is it sustainable? It is because of this reason. The way that the game has changed, I came from the college football ranks. And when I was there and would talk to NFL people, and I don't know, Tony, jump in on this as well. A lot of times when the college coach would go to the NFL, he would bring ideas with him. 
And up there, the NFL guys would go, oh, don't bring me that Joe College stuff now. We can't do that kind of thing. It doesn't work. Well, we've seen the spreads. We've seen the, the, the way that they run. We're seeing the jet sweeps. We're seeing a little bit of option game, quarterback run game. And by the way, a lot of it works pretty darn well. Now, you got to be cognizant of it, protect your quarterback as best you can. But Lamar Jackson's been doing this his whole life. He knows where the hits are coming from. He knows how to get down. He knows how to take care of himself. I think it is sustainable, and I think it's adaptable. But Baltimore has built themselves that way. If you go back, as you well know, John Harbaugh, before they even drafted Lamar Jackson, challenged his offensive staff and said, if we take this kid, I want to know the offense you're going to put him in. Tell me how we're going to do this. And all they've done is continue to refine it. So I'm going to let you jump in here. Tony, you jump in as well. But I I think that it is sustainable. I know everybody wants the old school, stay in the pocket, do this. But watch these kids move. Watch these kids keep plays alive. Watch these kids turn them into bigger plays. Big Ben used to, we used to say about Big Ben, it's not the first three seconds, it's the next three after he took the hit and moved around. These kids may move around without the hit and turn them into big plays. Ian, Tony? Yeah, I mean, quickly for me, it's changed the way that you approach things from a play-by-play man's point of view because of the unpredictability, the RPOs, the jet sweeps, and the fact that these guys have more freedom than ever before. So you used to go in with a pretty good idea, a blueprint of how things are going to go. You call one Baltimore Ravens game, and you realize that, it may be something you've never seen before. They might bring something new to the table because of the dynamic skills of Lamar Jackson. I think the guys hit it on the head. I think, uh, is it sustainable? Yes, 100%. The, the one thing you have to understand is everyone wants to pretend that he's a runner, and he does run a lot. But you also have to understand he has a rare gift. The reason this works is because he has the ability to have spatial awareness and not a lot of runners do. Um, if you really watch Lamar Jackson, he has the ability to, even without knowing the coverage, when you're really young, you don't really know it all the time. As you're older, you're always trying to decipher it before the snap and get to the right play. When you're young, you don't know, but he just knows this guy's a little further away than this guy who's running this route. And he just feels that and sees it. Well, he does that when he runs as well. So he doesn't take these big hits, doesn't do all that. I think he's special and rare. Should everyone else go copy that? You can try, but you better have a guy like that who's special and rare. And that guy, he's just that special and rare. Patrick Mahomes, special and rare. I mean, it's like, um, it's just one of those rare things. When you get them, you should change everything for them because they will make everybody in that building, every player on that team better because of it. But let's not pretend Lamar Jackson is just a runner and he's sustainable because he might get hurt. He's, he has spatial awareness with throwing the football. And let's not even imagine in five, six years when he actually understands the game at a level that all quarterbacks develop and get into after a while. I mean, at that point, you know, he could be – who knows? I mean, I know Patrick's like that the same way. They have spatial awareness. They see and feel things without even knowing coverage. And when they develop the coverage – I mean, they could evolve the quarterback position to heights maybe that we've never seen. And that's saying a lot because we're watching the greatest of all time is still playing. And, you know, I have an affinity for him. So we'll see. But it's, it's special to watch all these guys. 
the league could have had this a number of years ago, but chose not to because the league didn't believe in that. You asked about, is it sustainable? Can this happen? Guys like Eldridge Dickey coming out of Tennessee State when he was drafted in the first round in the late 60s, he would have been the early forerunner of what we're talking about now, but they made him a wide receiver. So we could have had this type of thing. Fran Tarkenton was a bit of an anomaly. Norm Van Brocklin, his coach, used to scream at him all the time, Francis, you only leave the pocket out of sheer fright. But we don't do that anymore. We allow these guys to be who they are. And in a lot of ways, it's made the game a lot better. So that's just my last two cents on it. As we did with the PGA Championship preview, we'll give the last word to Nance, who will call his sixth Super Bowl and second with Romo at season's end. The Pebble Beach resident shares an anecdote that expresses why he thinks Mahomes' 10-year, $503 million contract will find the talented quarterback in the Super Bowl conversation for years to come. That contract that they gave Patrick is the reason why so many people look at this as a long-term dynasty play. And having had the chance to be around him, as all of us on this call have, you can just tell in five minutes that you're around a very special talent. And uh, I would be shocked if in the next 10 years, he doesn't have at least two or three more Super Bowl rings. And I might even be on the low side of it. I had a special occasion in March, right before COVID hit. He was out here in my neck of the woods playing golf at Pebble Beach, and I got a phone call that he was looking for a fourth to join his group. And uh, it was the night before. We ended up playing 36 holes in one day and really got to know him better than you do when you're sitting in a production room and calling his games. And um, I have this little par three hole in my backyard. And it has a rock of fame with a plaque for everyone who's made a hole in one, including Mr. Romo. He's one of the 15. And I came to find out really on the second 18, we played this course called Cypress Point in the morning that we played Pebble Beach in the afternoon. It was about, I don't know, fifth or sixth, seventh hole at Pebble Beach when he just very slyly mentioned to me, how's that par three hole in your backyard? And I said, yeah, I have a lot of fun up there. He, I said, would you like to come see it after the second round? He said, man, it's one of the goals of my trip is to make a hole in one and get on the Rock of Fame. <laughs> so he came up to the house. It was raining by now, and it was getting dark, turned some lights on. He very nearly knocked it in with his first attempt. But he probably hit three dozen shots. And he was so bound and determined to try to make it, which he didn't. Uh, you can read it, and I believe it's in a Vanity Fair or GQ story right now, cover story, and Patrick gets into this, how much it crushed him not to make a hole-in-one, and he says he will be back. But I saw that competitive fire out on the golf course, and I saw it on the, on the, on the tee in my backyard, that this kid is just, he is absolutely driven. There is no chance that there's going to be any kind of letdown or we got a ring. So we're going to take a little bit off of it this year. This guy's out to make some big history. He knows what Brady's career has looked like. He knows there are a lot of other superstar young quarterbacks in this league that he's going to be, he's going to be contending with for a long time, but man, there's never going to be a lack of effort to be the greatest of all time. I'm not saying he is the greatest of all time. There'll never be a lack of effort on his part 
in his quest to be the greatest of all time. He's just getting started. And uh, we're at the AFC, we're the AFC network here at CBS. We're very fortunate to have a lot of the real bright young stars at that position that are in this conference. And uh, Patrick's going to give us a magnificent run for years to come. While CBS is the network of the AFC, watch this week's Chiefs-Ravens contest on ESPN's Monday Night Football at 8.15 p.m. Eastern. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get your podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V dot com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.